Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast, along with my colleague Adam Dice. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Tonight, we have a special guest on the show. He played college football at the University of Oregon from 1999 to 2002. He's fourth in program history in catches, third in receiving yards, and tied for first in receiving touchdowns. His name is Keenan Howery. Keenan, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Kind of an update about what you're doing now. Played in the NFL from 2003 to 2006 with the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. Currently the operations manager at CVS Health. Give us an update about what you've been doing, uh, your involvement with the game, and in coaching. Yeah, for the last, uh, I want to say probably 10 years, I think I've been coaching high school football. I uh, started, you know, back in 2011, I started coaching at my alma mater, Los Alamitos High School. I uh, did that for two years, then went to Esperanza High School, and then for the last seven years, I think, since 2014, I've been uh, here at Carlsbad High School down in uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you could just give a brief rundown on the recruiting process and how did you hear about Oregon and what eventually led you to choosing to uh, become a college athlete at the University of Oregon. Yeah, so I first started getting recruited probably right after my junior year, high school. Uh, you know, walked into the coach's office, you know, gave me this, you know, pretty much this bag full of, you know, letters from different schools. So, you know, filled all those out best I could, sent them all back, and then started getting, you know, phone calls from all the different coaches and more letters. And uh, from that point, like, uh, the two teams who, who really recruited me the hardest was the University of Nevada, Reno, because uh, that's where my high school head coach went to college. So they were really involved with the program and then Washington State, and they were, you know, really recruited me hard. And then uh, kind of, you know, as things kind of moved along, more and more schools started showing more and more interest. You know, the year kind of got along, and uh, I kind of already knew about Oregon because they had a guy on their team already who went to my high school. He was three years older than I was, and that was Tony Hartley. So I, I had, you know, for the last, you know, three years, I'd been following, or, or two years, I'd been following Oregon a lot because I was, you know, watching him, wanted to see, you know, see him play and, you know, somebody playing big-time college football. And then um, the recruitment just kind of, you know, went that way. It went phone calls and, you know, come to the school every now and then and visit. And, you know, I would kind of go and talk to them or talk to them on the phone. And then as we got into my the summer before, it was like July, August, before my senior year, you know, the Washington State University actually uh, offered me scholarships. So they were my first scholarship offer. And, you know, they were the ones who were really showing the most interest. So they were, you know, top of my list at that time so i was sitting there going into my senior year knowing like okay i have an offer i'm sitting there i, I like washington state they throw the ball a lot they have, they have a wide open offense so i'm intrigued i'm they're top right now and i'm kind of waiting to see what happens and you know, as the whole senior season went oregon started recruiting me more and more uh started getting more involved with you know coach chris peterson who was a receiver coach at oregon at the time coach osborne who was a tight ends coach and he was recruited in my area so you know, as we get to the end, it, it came down to Oregon and Oregon State, Washington State. So I had all my, you know, all three trips were kind of lined up. And, you know, funny is you know, I wasn't getting recruited by any of the California schools. You know, SC wasn't recruiting me, UCLA, Cal, you know, none of those schools like that. You know, a little bit of Arizona State, a little bit of Arizona, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Colorado. Colorado kind of came in at the end, but, but that was pretty much it. At the end, you know, Coach 
Mike Riley ended up getting the head coaching job at the San Diego Chargers. So they kind of fell off on my list. And uh, actually, Coach Johnson, who was the receiver coach at Oregon a couple years ago, was a receiver coach at Oregon State at the time. And, you know, he called me and kind of told me to run down. And so I appreciated, you know, the, the honesty and, you know, him kind of reaching out to me. But, you know, that kind of you know, took them off my list. So it all came down to Oregon and Washington State. The biggest things that, you know, I really wanted was just, you know, going to a program that was either winning or in the process of trending up in terms of, you know, getting their program to where it was, you know, being able to compete for championships, you know, in the conference. And, you know, both of them were kind of kind of similar. You know, Washington State was coming off of the uh, Rose Bowl in 97. So I was kind of, you know, looking at that and going, hey, you know, they're right there. But Oregon was kind of trending like, hey, they're on the cusp. And then, you know, my thing was I really wanted to play as soon as possible. You know, I didn't, I didn't care if that was my first year. I didn't care if that was, you know, my second year or my third year, just as long as I would be getting an opportunity to, to compete and play. And uh, that's the one thing that Coach Peterson kind of told me. He told me, like, hey, straight up, we only have one guy returning in this whole entire program that has any experience, any playing experience at receiver, and that's Tony Hart. So the opportunity for you to play early is going to be there. Now, if you come in and you play well, yeah, you can play your first year, but there's no guarantees. And then with Washington State, I kind of I kind of knew their roster, and I knew had from the Rose Bowl team they lost all five of their top receivers. So I knew that there was going to be an opportunity to go in and play early. And the one thing that kind of crushed me was that during my recruiting trip there, you know, I'm sitting there with the offensive coordinator, and there with Mike Price, who's the head coach, and he just kind of sits there and says, "Yeah, we're going to come in and bring you in, and have you come in, and we're going to redshirt you your first year, so you can kind of get some get some weight on you, and then get ready to go." And then as soon as I heard that, I just kind of tuned everything else out because my thing was I just want to have the opportunity to sit there and say that you're going to redshirt me. I just felt like it was kind of put me behind the eight ball in terms of knowing that oh he you know him at least thinking I wasn't ready to play. So yeah, that was kind of the the issue. And then you know after that I went on my trip to you know Oregon, and you know like I said I thought you know Oregon was kind of the funny thing is Oregon I thought was trending in a more upward trajectory, even though you know Washington State was just coming off the Rose Bowl. So uh, it, it was you know a great choice for me, and you know kind of the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, the trajectory for Oregon kind of started to skyrocket during your tenure there. So. What was it like playing under Bilotti and uh, in this program that was going from middle of the pack to becoming a, a serious contender on the national level? What was that feeling? Yeah, you know, the the, the funny thing about getting there is that in, you know, in 99, everything that you know, kind of revolved around the 94, the 94 thing. You know, everything was like, oh, you know, that was the greatest you know Oregon team ever. We've got to get back to that. And it was, you know, one of those things where, you know, they were able to reach the pinnacle of winning the conference. But before then and even after that, they were always pretty much the same, middle of the pack, you know, middle of, you know, either they were third, fourth, fifth, you know, somewhere right in there. And But I could kind of see something changing with them, like when they, you know, Tony Hartley gets there, when they have Akili Smith, they have Ruben Drones, you can kind of see that they're on the cusp of some things going in a different direction. You know, so when I get there in 99, you know, Coach Bellotti was, you know, kind of had everybody with a singular focus of we're going for Pac-10 championship. Like, that's our main focus. So being able to get there and, you know, and that was a thing, you know, even, like I said, coming off of recruiting trips to Washington State where that wasn't their talk. Their talk wasn't about getting back. It was that, oh, hey, we went to the Rose Bowl, you know, in 97. You know, that was kind of their their big thing. And that's the, the one thing that I said, like, hey, Oregon's looking like they're going in the right direction and that's where I want to be. So, you know, getting there with Coach Bellotti and having that singular focus for everybody, you know, that was my mindset. Going out there and winning, winning championships, 
and you know, coming from the high school program that I came through, I mean, I lost three games my entire my entire time there. So I wasn't looking to to lose as Washington State did those three, those first three years that I was in Oregon. Mm-hmm. When you first got to Oregon, which receivers that were experienced on uh, past rosters helped you along, and and you kind of used as a role model to resemble your game after? Yeah, the the, the biggest thing about going there and that I loved and appreciated so much was the fact that the pat the guys who had played before would always come back and that's who I had the most conversation with. I guess I, I, I contact, had contact with Tony Hartley because like I said we went to the same high school and he was a senior when I was getting there as a freshman. But being able to talk to guys like Damon Johnson who had just left and Pat Johnson, uh, you know, having them there and being able to, you know, give them me as much tips and tricks and everything that they could in terms of, you know, keeping me focused and knowing what to expect was, was a great lesson for me especially as you know 18 year old freshman coming in and like i said in my head i'm coming here to compete and try to get you know try to get on the field as soon as possible i mean i think i was able to go out there and do some great things to where i was able to you know start by my third game you know as a true freshman so i think everything worked out pretty well kind of move towards really the beef of your oregon tenure 2000 2001 seasons and i think you know adam mentioned how you know how mike bellotti was slowly but surely the program was starting to steadily rise steadily move up you know 2000 2001 seasons oregon won the pac 10 you had the honor to play with joey harrington one of the better one of the best quarterbacks to play in program history but you know you also were able to kind of set your path you for in 2000 you had 780 receiving yards, five touchdowns. 2001, you kind of did a little bit more on the punt return side, almost 500 punt return yards, two touchdowns. Talk about those two seasons, big-time memories you kind of had. Playing the Holiday Bowl, won it in 2000. In 2001, you guys were able to make a Fiesta Bowl trip and really flirt for a potential national championship appearance. Yeah, it was you know, being able to go out there and compete for championships, like I said, is you know, a big reason why that's where I wanted to go. So being able to be there and like I, I always say that, you know, that when I got there, they were still laying the groundwork, like I said, because they were still always just, you know, middle of the pack. In 99, you know, we actually fall one game short of tying for the conference championship you fall one game short and weren't able to kind of get there so then you, you fast forward to 2000 and that's the one thing i never realized I never realized how highly ranked we were you know in terms of going into that last game of the season against oregon state i think we were fifth at the time you know so it was always a shock to me like you know man we were doing pretty well and i was we were just so focused like we didn't even notice it and then you know go in and we lose that game the, the one thing we kind of took away from him was that you know hey we joey throws three or four picks he had the fumble on the two-yard line, and even with that, we lose by 10. So, you know, you can always sit there and say that, hey, you take one of those turnovers away, you know, something else goes our way, hey, it's a different story. But I think, you know, having that shortcoming, you know, kind of put us into a position where, hey, we know we're not playing for, you know, to play in the Rose Bowl, but we probably got the next best thing because we get to go out there and take on Texas, who's ranked in the top 10, who everybody's saying is, you know, one of the best teams in the nation. And we went out there and were focused and played with, you know, a chip on our shoulder because not everybody, nobody was giving us a shot in that game. You know, we went out there and played well in all phases and really, really took it to him. I mean, if you look at the game, it wasn't really close. You know, if, we, if there's not a pick six and a kickoff return touchdown for them, totally different game. You know, that game is one-sided. We take that win and we, we kind of put it you know, into the next year and it was just something different going into that 2000 season where you could just tell through our workouts over the spring, I mean, over the winter, workout, spring practices, summer, 
you know, once we got to, to, to two days, it was there was just a feeling, a different feeling going on. As you could tell, that we were all just just on the right track. Everything was just working out. You know, we got there, and you know, not for the one one slip up against Stanford. You know, we probably be paying for a national championship. You know, now that you're almost 20 years removed from from that 2001 season, you kind of think about how you might have had a chance to play for the Natty if it wasn't for Nebraska getting in over you guys. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy crazy ride because you know after the loss to Stanford, you know, our focus was totally just on all right. The rest of this time out, Pac-10 championship. That's all I think we're focused on. And you know, we played every game, you know, thinking it. And then as the story starts to, to unfold, weeks start to you know go by, and people start losing, and we sit there, and I think I think we're four going into the last game. And you know, the big thing that happened that kind of moved us up was that Colorado just handled Nebraska the last game of the season, the week before. So. We're going to the to championship Saturday where, like, hey, we're sitting there like, if there's any chance that Colorado can, can pull it off again and beat Texas, and if Florida can somehow beat Tennessee, those are the two teams in front of us. We're going to we'll jump to two. That's, you know, because I think at the time, Colorado was way behind us. They were, I think, like, they were like eight or nine at the time. So we just didn't foresee any way that they would hop us. So we go, all right, cool. We go out there, and guess what happens? Colorado beats Texas, Florida beats Tennessee. And we're sitting there like, we've got a huge opportunity. And we went out there, I mean, outside of the rain, you know, we went out there and played great defense. Finally, some some light got shed on the offense when I was able to get the punt return for a touchdown. You know, the rest is history. And then, unfortunately, you know, you wake up the next day, you watch the, the BCS selection Sunday, and not only do we not go to two, but Nebraska hops to two, Colorado hops us and goes to three. And we end up at four. And it's just, you know, or even we might even spell the five. I can't remember. But I, all I know is we, we got the short end of the stick with that whole thing going on. Looking back at the BCS compared to the playoff we have now, there is there is some people wondering now if the playoff was the right move. We're getting the, pretty much the same three or four teams every year. Do you feel like the playoff was the right move? And are you... Are you in favor of an expansion to the playoff to eight or twelve teams? Yeah, I was. I was always a fan of the playoff. I was just. I just wasn't a fan of four. I always thought that the best would be eight. The best opportunity for you know you have five power five conferences. So hey, yet you get all five of those champs. You have three at larges. You let football decide it from there on out. I thought that would have been the best move at all. I mean, because with four, like, not only are you possibly going to get, like you said, the same teams over and over and over, you're just not going to get any chance for any other teams to kind of sneak in there. As you looked at it, I think the Pac-10 has been, Pac-12 has been left out twice. I think the Big 12 has been left out twice. You know, it's just been, it hasn't, it hasn't worked in anybody's favor other than the SEC. And rightfully so. I mean, they've, they've, they've earned it in terms of all the national championships that their conferences won. But, you know, I, from what I've read, I, I heard that they're actually proposal that it's going to take it to 12. They're going to bypass eight and go straight to 12. So it would have been cool to have, uh, you know, the playoff back then, even with four teams. I think we'd have had an opportunity to, to do something because... You know, even, even if we'd have got a chance to play Miami, I think we'd have done a whole hell of a lot better than Nebraska did. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that we would have went out there and won. You know, I'm not saying we would have went out there and lost, but I don't. I think the talent gap between us and Miami would have been a lot closer than a lot of people realize. Like, even though they had they set the record for you know first round picks, you know something like that. In, I think '03 or you know '04, but 
you know, we had guys who got drafted and played on NFL rosters just like they did. If not as many, we had almost as many as they did, you know, mm-hmm. from that from that team alone. So we'd had guys and we'd have been able to compete. I think it'd have been a great great chance for us and a great opportunity for a lot of those guys on this on this Oregon team to, to get a lot of exposure. And, you know, hey, how how awesome is it to say that you went out there and played for a national championship? I mean, that only only two teams have ever been able to say that in Oregon history and most mm-hmm. of the first guys are, are long gone and the other guys are from the Mariota year. Mm-hmm. I mean, first off, I'm thinking about the uniforms. You know, we know about Oregon's uniforms and their innovation. Although right now it's more, actually, way more subdued than it was during Chip Kelly, Mark Elford years. But you know, what with the way it is now, looking back, you know, how was it 20 years ago when you played? Yeah. So I mean, the the funny thing is that in '99, I mean, we had less uniform options my freshman year and, and through my senior year than we did the year before because previous to 99 we actually had they had green pants and they had yellow pants and they wore both so when i when we got there and you know in 99 and like totally switched uniforms you know that dark green we designed the helmet with the o the funny thing was that all we could wear was either all green or all white and for the life of me for all my four years there i would go in that locker room almost every other day and just be like hey you gotta talk to the people at nike about taking the stripes off our jerseys <laughs> it'll give us that so i was like that way we could wear we could wear green with white we could wear green with yellow you know we could wear white with green white with yeah we could do some some different combinations of, of uniforms you know it was always like oh no they're not going to change the uniforms mm-hmm. and i would like i was sitting there for you know, like i said for those four years like i was trying to get them to, to adjust. So it was funny that the year after I leave, you know, in 03, they sit there and they have all brand new uniforms. And it's, it's just that. They have green tops, yellow, they have green tops, yellow. Then they come with the green bottoms, yellow, white. And I, I think they may even had black that year. I can't remember. But yeah, they did, they did all those things. And I was just like, oh man, I couldn't get that when I was there. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, like I always, when I watch old Oregon games, just the differences in, in, in Autzen Stadium. When you go to games now, what are things that you've noticed that are, are different than when you played? To Adam and I, it kind of feels like it's just completely two different programs in a way. Well, I mean, that, that was the, I think that's the thing that Chip had kind of started to do. You know, and I always tell people is, is that it's always the zag. You know, you, you look back at you know, 2007 when Chip gets there, what the conference was and outside of you know outside of washington state everything was pro style the entire conference was pro style and i had always said that you know not my whole time there was that we needed to open the offense up like we're sitting here trying to run power and run and play power football and we don't even have the biggest linemen in our own conference and i was always like yeah we need to spread it out like have more three wides you know and do all this stuff so when chip gets there and he kind of converts the team to a completely spread no huddle it was a complete zag Nobody in the conference, no huddle. Nobody in the conference was doing four receipt or spread offense like that with shotgun every time. And so that's hard to prepare for because every mm-hmm. week you're expecting, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you're expecting something, you know, all the other nine teams you played and all of a sudden you get this team that's completely different. So it's a hard, it's a hard thing to match up to. And then in terms of recruiting, now all of a sudden you can go out there and go and recruit instead of. You know these kids who wanted like, oh well, SC is recruiting me, but they want me to play. Cor- they want me to play corner, or oh, SC UCLA wants me, but I can't play receiver. They want me to play, you know, safety. Now it was like, well, we played three or four receivers. You could come. We can get you to come here. You look at somebody like uh, Anthony Thomas, right? 
he wanted to play receiver. He wanted to play running back. But SC said, no, you have to play DB. But with the spread offense, he was able to come out there and play play running back, play receiver, get on the field and specialty. And I think that was the biggest switch. That was the biggest thing that, you know, Chip was able to, to usher in into the conference. And I think now it's, it's a little different now because I think everybody has gone spread and everybody's gone, you know, in a, in a certain direction. And, you know, now the zag is, you know, what Cristobal's doing. He's building the team from the old D-line out. And, you know, kind of what he kind of learned probably from, from Saban in his years at Alabama to where now he's he's recruiting those guys that could play on Sundays in the offensive line, on the defensive line, getting those guys, big-time guys. So now it's just – and it just trickles down to where if you're successful and you can recruit that well, you know, those guys are going to come and it's just going to make your program better. You know, you, you're, they're getting guys that they – Ever, I don't think Oregon would have ever expected to land these type of recruits at any time ever in their existence. Even during the Chip Kelly year, they weren't getting guys when they were, you know, at the. And that's the thing is like Chip, the Chip Kelly era was the most successful era, and they weren't recruiting this well. Whereas with you know Cristobal, he's only had the one, you know, the two good seasons. I mean, he's only been here two seasons, but or three seasons, but he's he's putting together recruiting classes that are just like unheard of. So it's 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 a good it's a good direction for the program, and he's got him going in the right right area. What is that like as a California guy to see, you know, guys who back when you play would never have left, you know, the the shadow of, of Southern California of USC, you know, these guys who are ranked in, you know, top five in the country seriously consider and you know, some of them are going to Oregon. What you know, is that more of an indictment against USC or is it what Oregon has done? What you know was well, on there? It's a combination. It's a combination. It's you know you got to give some credit to Clay Helton and what he's been able to do <laughs> at USC in terms of you know making it possible. And this is what I tell people: like anytime the top two quarterbacks in the state, and not just the state, but probably in the nation, are both not only in California but in Southern California, and they both go. One goes to Alabama, one goes to Clemson. You know something is wrong with with USC, right? That would have never happened in any era. Like I'm talking the 70s, 80s, 90s, the 2000s. And to be honest, SC has always been kind of outside of the Pete Carroll era. SC has always been kind of you know mediocre. They've always underachieved. But they the one thing that they didn't underachieve at was recruiting. Even to this day, I mean, kids still grow up and talk. Like they want to go to SC. It's just that the allure isn't there as much as it is. You know, there they haven't won. They haven't been winning. And Oregon has been the team that, even though you know there were a couple, you know, slip ups and a couple bad down years, but they've been continuing to grow the brand, continuing to grow you know, the infrastructure and how the team is built. And you know, it's starting its turn. You know, and then I, you look at it today. As I always tell people, like, yeah, I I wouldn't have went to Oregon. They wouldn't have recruited me. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where that that's kind of the place you'd like and you'd love to see the program get towards. It's like, yeah, they're recruiting much better talented players now than they ever did when I was there. Yeah, glad that Adam could provide a question for you because I think it is interesting to, to look at kind of the conference now. It was the Pac-10 when you were there, but it, was, it definitely was it is interesting to kind of compare the recruiting and the style from 20 years ago. I am interested in your answer for this one. You had definitely many notable plays in your Oregon tenure. Um, I'm not going to list off, you know, every one of them, but there's at least probably four or five that are, were definitely notable. Your run fake touchdown throw to Joey Harrington, the 2000 Holiday Bowl, the punt return touchdown against Oregon State in the 2001 Civil War, and that was definitely memorable because that was really the the game that finished off the the season for you guys to win the Pac-10. Uh, your freshman season, the Sun Bowl touchdown 
against Minnesota. And then this really wasn't a game, uh, a play, but a game. You know, you were involved in the double overtime thriller at Arizona State. I think it was 56-55. So I guess I know it's tough for for any athlete to like tell us about their favorite moment, but. I don't know, like out of those four moments, like what's the most memorable to you? Or I guess, do you have another moment that I didn't mention? No, I I would say from a team aspect, like definitely like returning the punt against Oregon State is the biggest out there just because of what was on the line, you know, how the, like we're down, we're down seven, three to six, you know, we were playing like crap. Pac-10 championship was on the line. And like I said earlier, with, the, the way that the, the conference championship games had rolled out, like there was a potential for us to play for a national championship that was on the line. And, you know, earlier in the game, like the first punt was kind of the same. It was a low line drive punt and I caught it and I had a crease. If you, if you watch the game and you see like I hit the hole and a guy just gets me right from behind mm-hmm. and you know, I jump up and I'm like, oh, that was so close because I had nobody there. So I told when uh, we get to the sideline before, so, you know, the game, you know, the quarter ends and there's a long break and there was a third down and we're, we get to the, the mat for special teams and he's like, all right, here we go return. Should we go after it? Or because at this time they were a little backed up. So they were like, all right, should we go after it or should we, you know, go after a block or should we return it? And I was like, middle return again. We go out there, he calls it, same crappy punt. There was a low line <laughs> drive right to me and, I just had the one guy in front of me and, you know, I knew I had, you know, my, one of my guys on the side of him coming to block. I think Tomlin was there. So I just kind of hesitated to let him catch up and then, you know, just went to the right of him right when he made the block and was able to, you know, like I said, almost hit my head on the goalpost because there was nobody there. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a great play, you know, from a, from a team aspect. And like I said, it was, it was awesome, you know, but from a personal standpoint and from a, a selfish standpoint and an individual standpoint, I'd always go with the, Probably one you didn't mention was just I think the game against Arizona State my junior year that same year when I had I had four receiving touchdowns in that game that was a big moment for me in terms of being able to score four in a game and you know, that's the Pac-10 it's still it's still the Pac-10 record it's still the school record and honestly I would have had six touchdowns but I dropped two so uh, <laughs> but yeah that, that's that's always going to be the game that always especially this from from a moment of a game that's the one that I'm always think about now outside of Austin. I want, I want to know best and worst stadium experiences. Yeah, I, I would surprisingly, man. A lot of the stadiums are still the same, Pac-10 at least. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you both in the Pac-10 and out. I'll go best stadium inside the Pac-10 is, I mean, from an aesthetics and historic standpoint, it's always going to be UCLA because it's a Rose Bowl. You, you can't, you can't get any better than that. But you know, it kind of sucked playing there when I was there because it was never full. So it was, you know, it was always you know, a little bit empty. But I would always say that best stadium atmosphere and, you know, as much as you know, Oregon fans, I hate to hear it, it's, it's, it's UW. UW, you know, being right there on the water, crowd is always crazy. You know, it was, it was, I just always, I only got to play there once my freshman year. So I was always, I was a little impressionable at the time, but it was still a great experience. And then I would say worst stadium. Oh man, it's, it's hard because there were, there was a couple, but it's going to uh, be, it's, it's every person, every former Oregon duck that's come on has said Oregon state. No, and it's not, it's not Oregon <laughs> state. Now, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Now the stadium, the stadium doesn't suck. What, what always sucks about playing at Oregon state is the atmosphere. It's always foggy. It's always cold. It's always a little bit damp. 
it's dreary. It's it's just, it just sucks to play that game when we play it, you know, in this either the end of November or December. So it's just just play, walk into that stadium and it's like, Ugh. you know, it just sucks. It just feels like blah. But those from a stadium standpoint, we're a stadium as Cal. Like it's the 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 stands are rickety, and I know they've made <laughs> some adjustments to it, but the stands are rickety. The locker rooms are crappy. Like it, it was, it's just you would just expect more from a, a Pac-10. You know, stadium, and it's just like you know, and, I, and, I, and I've been able to go there since, you know, because of you know when Coach Tedford was there, I went and visited him a couple times, and I've been able to go up to Cal with our, my coaching staff here at the high school to and we visit Justin Wilcox. So they, they've made some adjustments and some other things, but yeah, it's bad. But from a standpoint outside the conference, best stadium, I mean, that I was able to play in is still Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you think about just. You know, the, our, our whole thing that we do at the start of the fourth quarter when we do shout, we got that type of what to do from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just, you know, there I, I, I would it'd be hard to find, especially not knowing what to expect as you as you're in there for the first time ever. And you're sitting there, you know, third quarter's over, you come to the sideline and all of a sudden you hear the horns from the start of jump around come on and you're just like, and then the whole crowd just goes crazy. And you're just like, what the hell are they doing? And then all of a sudden the song starts coming on and you see the whole entire stadium jumping. So you see all red just you know moving up and down from everybody jumping. It is by far one of the I mean, I I can only imagine it's probably similar to like the Florida State. And the Gator Chop, like what they what they do out there in terms of that. But from an atmosphere standpoint, yeah, Wisconsin is you know still number one in my books outside the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Camp Randall, definitely a, a bucket list for me to definitely go. Didn't you uh, correct me if I'm wrong? But did you play at Michigan State or did Michigan State yeah. go to Oregon? Uh, so they they were Michigan State came to Oregon in '98 and then '99 we went to them and that was my first college game ever. It was a Thursday night game. So it was a yeah. We went to Michigan State, and I, I don't remember anything about that game. It was such a blur. It, it just was everything went by so fast. Yeah, because Nick Saban was uh, coaching them. Yeah, Saban was still the coach. Yeah, we we barely lost. We had a late fumble, and uh, they were able to go down the score and beat us. Interest. I'm interested in your thoughts on uh, Qualcomm Stadium when you played in the Holiday Bowl. Um, at least from when I every time I used to see the stadium. On TV, it just didn't. It looked like a dump to me. It didn't look like a very aesthetically pleasing stadium to play in. No, like to to be actually in the stadium, it was it was awesome. You know, it was an awesome stadium to play in. It's not now. It, it is like the locker rooms are a little run down. The, the, the stadium seating is a little little bad. But actually, being on the field in the stadium is awesome. Being you to be at. Uh, the worst stadium I've actually been in is you know, it's probably Oakland. <laughs> That's probably the, <laughs> the worst stadium I've ever been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, from from playing in the Holiday Bowl, like it was it was an awesome experience. You know, I know it's, I know they already tore it down and they're building a, a new one, but uh, new stadium out here in San Diego for the uh, San Diego State. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome venue. So I'm I'm excited to see what the new stadium's gonna look like once they get it built. I guess. Do you have any funny Joey Harrington stories or Mike Bellotti stories? I mean, they they don't even have to be funny. They can be like serious, like. We had Dwayne Stanford on a podcast before the 2019 Rose 2020 Rose Bowl, and he had like talked this talked about the serious practice that 
was involved with Marcus Mariota. I mean, do you have any of those type of instances? Yeah, I mean, not not funny. I mean, because I mean, Joey was such a tight wound, and you know, he was very buttoned up. You know, there wasn't very. I mean, I I know there is this like the the fun. So we so one. I'll, I'll give you a couple. So the one funny thing is we have so Joey is Mister is Mister College. Right. He's Mr. He's Joe College. Like he is the embodiment of what you would what you would expect a college experience to be like. So, you know, he's a he's a he's an Oregon guy through and through. You know, he's born and raised in Portland. His dad went to university, you know, so he loves everything about the school. So, you know, talk about everything that the school did. He was always a part of. So he would go to basketball games and, you know, and do all this stuff. Well, funny thing is. So we're doing our end of the year video and they kind of do a video where we wrap the season. They talk about all this stuff and they, you know, they're talking about, you know, Joey's Heisman the year and how he was up for the Heisman. And they kind of did this whole little, it was probably like a three to four minute video of like his Heisman thing. And and they go and they have this shot where they're in the basketball stadium for a basketball game. And, and Joey was always in the pit crew. And I guess this one game, he actually dressed up. And he had, like, this barrel on. He had this wig. And he, they panned to him. And I guess he was, he was like, cheering. And I guess he looked and caught eyes with the cameraman and was just shaking his head like, hey, no, do not do video take me like, right now. And this is, like, it made it on the – the end of the year video and I just thought that was hilarious but yeah then another thing is just like I said Joey was kind of a really tight one wrong and wound and he was you know very intense person and I, I don't know if you've ever seen him but like on the sideline of the games like he would get really animated and that I think at Arizona State game as you talked about how we had to double overtime we had to come back like he was not playing well he was just and he was on the sideline uh I remember going to him, like, dude, you need to calm the F down. Like, just kind of yelled at him, like, you just need to calm down. Because he was, like, just really working himself up. And, you know, it was just one of those moments. That, that, that was Joey. And that was, like, he, that's just really, and he embodied all of that. Like, he was, he was always just ready to go. He was always intense. You know, that was kind of, you know, the way he was. And what about uh, Mike Bellotti? Yeah, no, those funny, funny stories about Coach Bellotti. He was definitely a more tight coach when I was there, and when I came back, probably a few years after when I came came back to some games, he was a lot more open and you know, kind of fun loving and kind of like just kind of you know, you know, he kind of it looked kind of seemed like he he had got to the point where he could kind of breathe. And kind of, you could tell, like, maybe a monkey had kind of come off his back. And he was, because when, when I was there, he was like, you know, he was running the tight ship. You know, everything was going to be correctly. You know, he was, you know, always on top of everything. You know, there was no, there was no joking around with Coach Bellotti. There was no, like, you know, he was, he was very personable, but he just kind of had that edge to him. That it was just like, yeah, you know, it's just not really, not, not really the joking type. But you could tell, like, once, once I came back, so this is like, oh, probably oh six. Oh five oh six when I, I I go back to school and I'm just watching the games. He was just completely different, and it was just like you know, he's like, oh man, this is a much better look on you than what I remember. <laughs> I mean, for any for any former player, how often do you watch highlights of your own playing days? I'm just curious. After you graduated from Oregon, were you like, and then once you started to have all these highlight videos on YouTube, like, did you like, do you go back and watch them often or no? Nowadays, like I just actually like looked up the the YouTube 
the video that I just talked about, the uh, 2001 kind of season recap, because my son was asking, like, oh, I want to watch the game that you played in. And I was like, ah, well, you're going to get bored of just watching the game, <laughs> watching you know, me have, like, four catches and seeing me, like, on there five times. So I was like, ah, I'll put on this end of the, at least it's a, end of the year thing so they go through every game and you can see you know see me on there more times but no i i I never like in the case of like i have like these old dvds of all my catches and all my punt return stuff and i used to you know use that a lot for like coaching and when i would show like the coaches what i was asked to see it and stuff like that but in terms of like looking at my highlights and stuff like that on youtube and stuff like that not anymore like i did like when i first first you know youtube was first out and all the stuff on the internet was first there because it was always cool like oh hey it's on there you know and it's you know good to see but nah not not as as much as you probably think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess this is just uh me as a fan speaking but keenan we really do appreciate you taking the time we've had former oregon football players on a lot from the chip kelly and mark helfrich era so it was very, it was kind of refreshing to kind of hear a little bit about your playing days in the Mike Bellotti tenure to kind of give us a, an idea of, of what it was like to play in Eugene. But you know, Adam and I appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. I'm always, uh, I'm always here. So you guys ever want to do it again? Just let me know.